Well, go ahead and stand to your feet if you're physically able. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And I'm so excited about today. Small groups are launching, and I got a word in my heart I can't wait to share with you. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And if you're checking out Jesus, or you're checking out Christianity, or even this local church, I just want to just take just a moment and tell you that we're a community that believes that Jesus is the Son of God, and He is God the Son. And we believe in the Bible. We believe that the Bible is God's inspired word to us. And so we look to it for, for direction. We look to it for God to speak to us. It's active. It's living. And so you're never going to hear a talk where we get together and don't open up the scriptures. Uh, we feel like it's incredibly important to us. And I just want to be clear, even, even if you don't believe all this stuff yet, I'm just really honestly glad that you're here today. Uh, and I, and I, there was a point in my life where I showed up to a church and I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I, I didn't have that transforming work happen in my life. But I got to tell you, Jesus has changed my life. And I can attest there's probably some other people in the room that Jesus has changed their life. Can I get an amen? amen. And, uh, and, and I just want to tell you that I just ask you to open up your heart to, to Jesus making himself real to you. And so we're here in Genesis chapter 2. And Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Lots of rich, deep theological understanding comes out from the beginning of the scriptures. And so we're going to look at some of that today. And Genesis is where we kind of find out what this whole thing called life is about. And, and we also learn some of God's motivations to, for humanity, some of his, his intentions for humanity. And what we find is that God created humanity, or he created the world, and he created humanity, and he created humans to be in relationship with him, actually. You know, he didn't create us to live in sorrow, <laughs> work all of our... He actually created us to experience life and experience joy that comes through relationship with him. And so he actually gives the first two humans on the planet, Adam and Eve, he gives them a garden. Anybody know what it's called? Garden of Eden, right? And so he gives them this beautiful garden where they can eat from and, and, and enjoy each other and enjoy God. And he gives them one commandment. And just like a good father, he also tells them the repercussions if they don't follow the commandment. He says this in Genesis 2. And the Lord God commanded the man, guys, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. That's not God's plan, but that is, that is the repercussions of that sin, of not following God. And so guess what happens? Genesis chapter 3. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Notice they were together. He was with her. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So what did they do? They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Lord God called to the man, where are you? <laughs> he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So what did he do? He hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you guys eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman did it. <laughs> And then notice, he blames the woman, and he actually also blames God, all right? So he says, the woman you put here, all right? That's she thing. You did that. That wasn't me. And that's, it's your fault. It's everybody else's fault, not taking ownership. She did something, so she gave it to me, and of course I'm going to eat it. 
Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Look what the woman did. She goes, it's not me. It was a serpent. It was a serpent that deceived me. I've titled this message this morning, if you're taking down any notes, and we also have some notes on the back of the weekly, life is messy. Life is messy. Can anybody agree with that? Life is messy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for our time together. And Lord, I just ask God that we would not over the next few minutes necessarily get more head knowledge, but that God, honestly, the most important thing is that we would grow closer to you. Lord, I know that that's a move of your spirit that no man can make up or fabricate, God. And so I'm, I'm just asking that, God, you would move in every heart. God, there are some serious challenges that are in this room. There's unspokens that no one else knows about. But God, you are here. And Lord, we just ask for you to move in our lives. In Jesus' name. And somebody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, well, this is Super Bowl Sunday. Come on, Super Bowl Sunday. Got a question for you. Uh, how many of you guys want San Francisco to win? Okay, all right, all right. So, so far, okay. What about Kansas City? How many of y'all want Kansas City to win? Okay, yeah. First service did the same thing. How many of y'all don't care at all? Woo! <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, so speaking of football, I know this may shock you, but I was actually played linebacker in college and semi-pro. Why are you laughing? There's a picture of me back in the day. No? You don't believe it? No, I know. Actually, just to be honest, I was just joking there. I didn't actually play. I know. I just want to set, it, set this straight. I did not actually play linebacker in college or semi-pro. All right? Just... I know it may shock you, okay? Um, what I did do is I played basketball in middle school. I played basketball in middle school, and uh, I was pretty good. Pretty good. Man, 12, 13, acne filling my face. Man, I could cross you up. Better watch it. That white streak, red hair flying across the court, you know? <laughs> And so we, I did, I played, played basketball growing up, played on a traveling team. And so th these games, if you've ever played sports or have kids that play sports, you line them all up over the weekend. Like you just, it's just crazy. And so it's like process of elimination. And if you keep winning, you keep playing. And if you lose, you're out, right? So, so our team kept winning. And, and actually you end up, if you win them all, you end up playing eight games in the course of like 36 hours. I mean, eight full basketball games. So you're, when you win a game, you're excited because you're still in it. But you're not excited because your legs are killing you. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I kind of want to be done, but let's go. Come on, we're in the semifinal, you know? And so get this, we actually made it to the final. All right, and so we're in the final seconds. We're down by one, and our team gets fouled. And so we have two free throws with just like two, two or three seconds left. And guess who got fouled? Your boy. <laughs> Me. I got fouled. So I'm the one up there. And I, honestly, I was having a pretty good game. I was feeling pretty confident, man. The two chest hairs I had were plopping out, man. I was feeling wild, feeling strong, you know? I know it's crazy. I actually just flexed. I know you couldn't tell, but it was strong. It was like under this jacket, man, my muscles are just popping everywhere. And I'm feeling confident, you know? And so I'm up there, and so I'm like, all right, man. And, you know, in my mind, the place is full. Like, scouts are there. This is my moment. Like, everybody's there. Just following. And so 
I get up there and I do my routine. I'm ready. You know, I do my little, I just I spin the ball back. I got that, get the thing. I hadn't missed a free throw yet, by the way. Whew, here we go. Let the finger, let leave the fingertips. Boom, boom, boom. Out. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm walking back, got my head in my hands, and I'm just thinking, Glenn, don't be a loser. Literally, I'm thinking if I miss a shot, we're going to lose. By definition, I will be a loser. So I'm like, man, don't be a loser. Let's get this thing right. You know, so I'm back up there, confident as can be, because that's what you got to do. Psychology, you got to let it go, man. Game of percentages, I'm going to make the next one. All right, so here we go. It's on air. Boom, boom, boom. Out. The other team gets the ball, throws us up in the air. As the ball's still in the air, the timer goes off. We lost the championship game by one point. Let me ask you a question. You, you, ever, you ever been there in life? <laughs> Come on, you ever just missed the shot? You ever been on a team that missed the shot? <laughs> you ever just messed up? <laughs> Have you ever, let me ask you this question. Have you ever just felt messed up? <laughs> like something just doesn't seem quite right? You ever been on a team that seems to be messed up? <laughs> like, like, man, what, what family am I in right now? What's going on? What business am I part of right now, man? Where are my friends? What are they doing? I mean, you just can go down, down the line. The truth is, man, life is messy. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. It's messy. In fact, that's the first fill in the blank. If you got it on the back, life is, is messy. It's messy. And I want to just give you just a few here just to prove the point, even though I think you're already there. But how many of you know that our jobs are messy? Well, that was pretty strong. I hope your boss is not in the room right now. All right. Your marriages are messy. Don't say nothing. Just, just be quiet. Okay. Go to the marriage conference, all right? Family's messy, man. Raising kids is crazy. And then they get out of the house. And, you know, just it's crazy. Dating is crazy. It's messy. Friendships, they're messy, right? You're just messy. Finances, man, budgeting and figuring out your world and how it's all going to work. And it's just messy, right? Your body, your health is messy. You wake up, you're like, what just happened? My body just stopped working. Why did it do that today? Why couldn't it put it in my calendar at least? I had a, you know, just, right? We can't just, life is messy. We, things happen in our, in our lives. Let's keep going. Vacations are messy. Come on. You're on Costco.com, figuring out the perfect vacay, you know? And then you finally get there two days before, your kids get the flu. It just, life is messy, right? Okay? Uh, holidays are messy, right? Where are we going to go? Who's going to facilitate it? Where are we going to eat? Who got presents? All that stuff, just crazy. Are you getting the point? I don't think you have yet. You're not being loud enough. Let's keep going. Being a Magic fan is messy. <laughs> I hope Channel 2 just picks this part up right now, okay? Like being, buying a refrigerator. Okay, I, my refrigerator went out last week. Yo, buying a refrigerator is messy. I spent like nine hours of research on the most efficient, effective warranty plans, the whole deal, man. Just messy. Life is crazy. Uh, picking car, I mean, you just go down the line. I, honestly, it was so easy, right? Just like, which one do you do and how do you do it? And when do, we, when do our kids start paying for their own car insurance? Can I get an amen? And all the kids were like, I don't like this sermon. This is not good. <laughs> Going to college and transitioning. Good. Thank you for the feedback. This helps me. 
This is crazy. Where are you going to go? Choosing a restaurant right after this service. Come on. You're going to feel it. Where are we going? You know, you had a plan. But the Bible says a man plans his ways, but the Lord ordains his steps, which AKA means your wife is choosing. You had a plan, but it didn't work out. Cleaning the house is messy, which that's an oxymoron because it's getting cleaner, but it's messy. And okay. All right. Do you get what I'm saying? Growing a business. Come on, business owner. Like it's, it's messy. Trying to figure out how to scale this thing and keep it in the, all that stuff, man. It's difficult. Let me just give you one more. Finding a babysitter is messy. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Being a babysitter is messy. Come on. It's tough, man. Life, can we all agree? Life is messy, right? In fact, if you have your hand out here, let me just, I just want to ask you a question today. It's just this. It's, what are, you have it on the, on the notes here, but what are the top three messy areas in your life? I'd like you to actually just take just a moment as you're taking notes. If you didn't get a weekly, I'm judging you from the stage. It's all good. I'm, I'm just joking, all right? But you can pull out your phone and just, just write down a couple of things. What, honestly, as you walk in today, it may have been one of the things I discussed. It may be something totally different, but I want you to ask the question. It'll really make this message very personal to you. Just honestly, what are the top three most messy areas in your life? And here's, and I know it might take you a few minutes to think it through, but here's, here's two questions that we have to, we have to wrestle with because all of us have mess. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care what your accolades are or what your degrees are, whatever, whatever social status, all of us are walking through mess. It's a part of living in a fallen world. And here's the first question we have to ask ourselves is what are you doing with your mess? Like what, what are you doing with it? And then the second question is, is where are you going with your mess? We can't disconnect ourselves from our mess, so we, we've got to ask two fundamental questions. It's where are we going with it? And so let me ask you, where are you going with some of those challenges right now? And what are you doing with it? And if we can come back to Genesis chapter two and three, we're looking at our story today, and we're looking at the very first couple that made a mess. Well, it's just, it, 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 things get messy. And, and I want you to notice a few things. We already read it earlier, but guess what they did? They made coverings for themselves. They, they tried to do it on their own, didn't they? So they're in a mess and they decide, I'm going to cover it up. I'm going to still put that Instagram filtered thing out there and let the world know that I'm doing all right. But inside I'm covering some things up with my mess. And so they try to figure it out on their own, but that's not it. In fact, the scriptures go on to say that they hid. So what they did is that they covered it up and tried to handle it on their own, which won't work, by the way. The second thing they did is they actually ran away from everything and away from, from God. And notice this where it says, God asked the question. He says, where are you? Did he already know? Of course he did. It was almost like God was giving them an invitation to come to him with their mess. And I want to propose to you, I think, I think God has three things that he wants for your mess. And here's the first one, if you're writing down any notes, is this. Number one is this, is that God wants to be a part of your mess. Now, you say, oh, well, that's for the, that's for the newer Christians. They haven't quite got it. No, no, I'm talking to you. God wants to be a part. Like 
If your mess is a table, he wants to pull up a chair, sit down, grab a cup of coffee, and walk it through with you. If, you, if, your, if your mess is an emergency room, he's, he, pulled, he, he grabbed a chair from the lobby. He broke down all the barriers, sat it right next to you, looks you in the eye and says, I'm not leaving until this thing changes. Like God wants to be a part of your mess. And I know what you just heard. You thought you just heard God wants to be a part of like the good things that I've got, the godly things that I've got going, but the rest of the stuff he doesn't. No, 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 no. He wants to be a part of you, mess and all. In fact, I actually thought about doing it from Genesis to Revelation, an exhaustive study this morning. And I was going to walk through Genesis all the way to Revelation. The last chapter of Revelation even invites us into his mess. And I just want to propose to you that the narrative of scripture is God invading our mess. Let me just give you just one or two for the sake of time. Moses, he kills an Egyptian. What does he do? He runs and tries to figure it out on his own. Who comes to who? Does God come to Moses or does Moses come to God? God comes to Moses in a burning bush. In the midst of his mess, he incarnates himself right into Moses' mess. Let's, just, let's move on to the Gospels. We have a, humanity has a sin problem that we cannot fix. Starts in, in the book of Genesis and works its way throughout our lives. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, he is identified as a lot of things. But one of the things he is known as is Emmanuel, God with us. And even in the end of Revelation, the very last chapter is an invitation where the spirit and the bride say, Come, let's be close. Let's get back to where the garden, let's get back to the original intent of you and me being together. God is invading our mess. Let me show you in Romans what this says. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, might I just add messy, Christ is still pursuing us. He is pursuing you. God wants to be a part of your mess. So here's the action step. When you mess up or feel messed up, run to God. Don't run from him. And I got to tell you, as a pastor, I know this sounds very simplistic, but get this revelation. Whatever the three things you're walking through right now, bring them to God. Don't disconnect yourself from God. And I see, I see people, I've seen it all throughout my pastoral life, where people, very godly and spiritual people, do not allow God into certain parts of their lives. And, and I just, I want to challenge you to let him be a part of your, of your mess. Second, second thing is this, if you're writing down any notes, is that God wants other Christians to be a part of your mess. We are better together. You know, for the last several years, I've been leading a small group. In fact, we're launching small groups today. And I've been leading a small group and typically the very first group, and there are dozens of people in here that have been in a group with me. And I typically start out the group and I'll tell everybody, hey guys, if City Church stopped doing small groups tomorrow, I would still do one because my wife and I need community. I, I understand it as a biblical concept from Book of Acts. You see it all throughout scripture, the importance of God's community gathering together. But I gotta tell you from experience, I need other spiritual people in my life. Like I personally need it. It's healthy for me, and you need it too. You do not need to go through life alone in any form or fashion. Look what Hebrews 10 says. And let us consider how we may spur one 
another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Listen, don't be that person that's not meeting together. And we got groups that are biweekly and weekly and monthly. There's no excuse for you not to be able to find some type of group that you can gather with other people. It is so, so, so important. Let me skip on to Matthew. Look at this passage. We go to the next one. It says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with him. In other words, you don't even have to pray about it. God's with you. You don't have to be unsure about God being with you when you're with other people in his, his name. Let me show you James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Let me say it like this. Confess the mess. Make a decision that you're going to confess the mess. That's not easy to do, though, is it? There's a lot of things that hold us back from being vulnerable. It's one thing to be open with God. It's another thing to be open with fellow believers. And there, I think there's a couple reasons why, why we choose not to confess our mess, not to open up, open up that stuff. Let me just give you just a few here. But the first one is that we're going to feel judged, right? And... I'll be honest with you, if you've, been, if you've had any church background, you've, you've at times felt probably judged. Not at this church, obviously, we're perfect. <laughs> no, come on, man. We, and you know, some of that is perception is reality, right? And you're just there, sometimes I think it's a spiritual attack where people really aren't judging you, you just feel condemned. And that is not from the Lord. Right. It's an attack of the enemy. But we feel, we can feel judged, right? Here's another one. We can feel like our mess is not worthy enough. We just, we see other people's battles and man, they're walking through this or, and we just think, man, mine's not that valuable. Don't believe that. God cares just as much as you, as he does about Moses, as he did about Elijah, as he does about anybody else. He cares about you. And I'm telling you, we want to, we want to be a community of groups where people can connect, care and grow together. Let me give you another one. Third one is this is that we are too proud to admit our messes. It's, it, we all have to fight to not believe our own press, right? Come on, you're not as good as everybody says you are. You don't, you know, even, even as we get into a group, it's like people have this expectation of you or of me and and, and man, you have to resist that because that, that pride and you trying to live up to what everybody else has this expectation of you can rob you from true freedom. Because you know what I'm talking about. When you, when you get past the judgment zone, when you get past the not sure if you're gonna open up and you finally actually not only, not only bring it to the Lord, but then you bring it to someone else, do you know how good it feels when that weight is lifted off of you? Yeah. So many Christians are carrying around things they were never called to carry around because they can't get past the pride to admit that they aren't all that great. I think it shows a sign of maturity. Paul addressed himself in most letters as a servant first, apostle second. He wasn't coming with his titles. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. You want to line them up with all the pictures? I'm the, I'm the number one guy, and I'm very clear about that, but, but God, come on, but God in our life. So here's, here's the action step is join a small group, and when you feel messed up, run to God 
and run to other people. In fact, Miranda Quigley is going to come right now, and we want to show you how simple it is to sign up for a group wherever and whenever you're able. Check this out. Yeah, if you're here and you have a smartphone, an iPhone, a tablet, an iPad, anything, go ahead and take it out and wave it at me right here. If you have something that you can have the internet, access to the internet, awesome. It's okay, Pastor Eugene can't see you. He's not here, okay, I won't tell him. Awesome, go ahead and open up your internet browser and go with me to citychurchfl.org slash groups. We're gonna do this together. It looks Hold just on, like this. Hold on, it's that easy? You it's just not go easy. to a website? Slash we already groups. have a website for everybody? I know, just for today. Wow, that's incredible. Just kidding, yeah. it exists all the time. You can go, okay. <laughs> citychurchfl.org slash groups. Let's go there together. And while you're turning there, you're gonna see two buttons, join a group and lead a group. And I just wanna put an asterisk next to this word join because I think sometimes we're afraid to click something when it feels like we're taking a vow or making a promise that we can't keep. So I just want you to know that when you click join a group, it really means like, Find out some more information about a group that could be cool. So, so it's just saying I'm interested, I want some more info. Exactly, yeah. very simple. So go ahead and click join a group. We'll do that together as well. Everybody with me? Yes. If you're with me, say go Chiefs. Oh, it's messed up. Wow, really? You brought that in there. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know any. Okay, so small groups. <laughs> We're at this page now. This is how simple it is. There's a stage of life. There's a small group for any, anywhere part of your life. If you go ahead and look at your notes where you took your top three messes, you could start there. We have groups for finances, groups for marriage, groups for jobs, career, recreation, your health. Start there. That's a great place. And you can filter through how many times do you want to meet. Is there childcare? If you're a girl, you want to meet with only girls or you want to do co-ed, you want to do a couples group. Anything, there's That's options awesome. just for you. You can filter through it. Or if you're just curious, scroll through. I think there's... I don't know how many, over 40 groups, something yeah, like that. That's right. And there is something for everybody. You click it if you're interested in a group, and you can be interested in 16 groups. Yeah. No judgment. That'd be awesome. Yep. Sign up. You send your email. Write in your name. That's that easy. And that small group leader will reach out to you this week. And then that's it. And what if you can't make every group? So you still jump in? Yeah, no get problem. It, it's flexible. It's totally. flexible. Just don't miss out on, don't isolate yourself from your mess. Right? We're choosing together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of this thing. We're better together. Love even it. when it's not every time. Not every week, every day. All right, here we go. Come on, give Miranda a hand. She did a great job. Yeah. Hey, there is a tribe for you. There is a tribe for you. Find your tribe today. Hey, point number three is this, is that God wants you to be a part of another's mess. So God wants to be a part of your mess. God wants other Christians to be a part of your mess. But guess what? God is sending you to be a part of another's mess. Mess. In fact, if you're here and you're leading a small group this semester, can you stand? I know not all of our small groups are in this service in particular. Come on, can we give them a hand? Thank you guys so much. Awesome. So cool. We love you. I want to take just a moment and say to every small group leader, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are the backbone of our church. You are. You have decided in this semester to create a space in your life for people's mess. And I just want to applaud you for that. It is a big, big deal. You are literally living out my point number three here on being a part of other people's mess. Look at this in Romans chapter 12. And as the keys come, I want you to check this out. It says, bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Come on. (laughs) Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. And let's choose not to be stuck up. Can I get an amen? I love this. Make friends with nobodies. Make friends with nobodies, y'all. Come on, when you see other people's mess, don't run from it. Ask God to use you. 
Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Look at what else it goes on to say. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. And if you've got it in you, get along with everybody. How many of y'all got it in you? Come on, let's get along with, with everybody. And let's make a decision not to do life alone. There's a prayer that I, I have on my wall at, my, at our house. And it says this, it says, Jesus, as you have been unto me, help me to be unto others. That prayer wrecks me. God, as you have invaded my mess, as you have graced me, even though I don't deserve it, as you have offered me another breath of life, as you're offering me encouragement, as you're offering me such great discipline, as you're our perfect heavenly father, God, help me to be to others. Help me to be to others. As we conclude today, I wanna make sure that I give you enough time to sign up for a group. So I was 13. I missed that shot. You know what I did? I ran out of that gym <laughs> as fast as I possibly could. I remember I ran, I, can, I mean, I can see it in my mind, man. I ran out of that thing and I'm running around, I'm looking, I found an empty locker room. I swing open that door and I go all the way back to the back and I just literally, I got down on my knees and I just started crying. Acne filling my face, man. I'm 13 and I'm just like sobbing like a, like a little child. Not wanting anybody to see me, hear me, sense me. And I remember I was sitting there and about two or three minutes goes by and I hear the door swing open and I hear a bunch of footsteps. And I don't want to look. I don't want to know what's going on. I'm trying to, as fast as possible, stop crying so I stay, you know, manly, you know. And all of a sudden, I feel these, these hands of my teammates. I remember I was down on, I was down on my knees and I had all these hands come around me. And it was my teammates saying, Glenn, you're going to get through this. You're going to make the next one. We're a team, whether we win or lose, man, we're with you. Come on, we're going to get it next time. <laughs> I'm trying to cover up my thing. And I, I learned something that day that I'll never forget. So I didn't have to run to that locker room that day. And when I messed up, I could have turned to my team. So here's my challenge to you. Don't run to that locker room. Don't cover it all up. Run to your team. Run to the coach. Run to God. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be a person. It's not afraid to admit that I'm, I'm, life is messy. I mean, I'm going to run to God with my mess. I'm going to run to others with my mess. And God, would you grace this house to be an extension of your healing hands to the poor, the broken, the discouraged, the outcast. Do it in our lives. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place?